Well, happy Tuesday to you. It's 2.07 on uh, this edition of the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. My name is Jaylen Nye. Andrew Gross away today as we talked about yesterday undergoing his his eye surgery. So should be done. It was supposed to be done at 1 o'clock. Uh, so he should be back here in the saddle, back here in the studio with me tomorrow afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it is International Women's Day. If you're taking time to mark that or celebrate that, I know just a few years ago, didn't seem to get a lot of talk and it's a it's a different thing these days that's for sure certainly on social media Facebook and Twitter a reminder tonight the Oilers are in action they're taking on the San Jose Sharks and that means the City Ford Faceoff show gets underway at 5 30 so a slightly abbreviated show this afternoon the puck drop at seven o'clock also on the show today we have a Brian Regan tickets to give away and today, the way that we're going to give it away is you're going to have to listen to a clip. When you hear a Brian Regan piece of stand-up comedy, you need to be the ninth caller through and you will win your way into that show. And then don't forget, of course, at 420, your chance to qualify for that amazing Guns N' Roses reunion concert in Vegas. 420 today is when we will announce the name of the next possible qualifier. Of course, you heard Eileen Bell talking about it. The throne speech is today. What will we hear? Well, we'll find out just just after 3 o'clock, we're hearing some things, but we'll get to full coverage of that uh, when the Lieutenant uh, Governor Lois Mitchell uh, sits down and reads the throne speech. We're expecting that to start probably around 3.20. But right now, wanted to talk about this, and I think it's something that a lot of you are going to be really interested in because, boy, oh boy, since I took over this chair... This station, um, behind this bank of phones just a, a couple of years ago, this topic of conversation has come up a number of times and people wondering why we don't have recall legislation. Well, Alberta's Wild Rose Party has launched a petition. It's a petition campaign giving you the chance to support Recall legislation, Wild Rose MLA for Drayton Valley and Devon, Mark Smith, plans to introduce Bill 201, the Election Recall Act, this week. He joins us now on the phone. Mr. Smith, welcome to the show. Well, hello, Jalen. It is This nice. is a bit of a surreal experience for me. I listen to you on the radio all the time, and to be talking to you is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We thank you for, for taking the time to join us this afternoon. As soon as I saw the news release that went out uh, yesterday afternoon, I said, oh, boy, oh, boy, we need to talk about this, because I can tell you that when the floor crossings happened, what was it, a year and a bit ago now, man, my phone lines lit up. My, my my text coming into the show, it, it was craziness, people calling for this. So did that, was that around the same time that you thought in your head that you might need to work at this somewhere down the road? You know, Jalen, I, I, I was a, a teacher for 30 years, and I can remember the day that that happened, because I just happened to phone the Wild Rose Party on that day. And they said, can't talk to you right now, Mark. Everything's sort of falling apart and everything's going around. <laughs> And uh, and so uh, I remember that day very very clearly in my mind. Um, and I had was had made the decision to run for a political office at, at, just shortly before that. Yeah. But uh, you know I, I think it's probably just one example. I, and you know Albertans, you're you're right. We're and justifiably so. We're we're very upset over over the four crossings. And you know it's probably just one example of a of a situation where recall could have been useful. 
and where uh, we would have been allowed or able to hold our uh, our elected representatives, our MLAs, accountable for the decisions that they make. So that might have been kind of the one area where the one time where it really triggered for you. Has there been other other times you thought, oh boy, we could use this now? You know, uh, I guess for me personally, um, one of the reasons that I joined the Wild Rose Party was because it had a, a long history of supporting the concept of recall. This isn't something that happened because of the four crossings. The party had supported recall uh, long before mm-hmm. that. And for me personally, it was uh, something that I was first introduced to by uh, Preston Manning and the Reform Party. And uh, um, I have for a long time uh, supported the concept that we needed to to introduce another level of accountability and democracy into our democratic system. How will it work, Mark? Well, uh, you, I think probably most Albertans or many Albertans are aware that last session we actually introduced uh, this same recall bill, but we've, uh, we've listened to the NDP a little bit. When we introduced it last session as Bill 206, um, we, we listened to the NDP and to some of their concerns about, about the bill, and so we've made some, uh, some changes. Uh, what would happen is this, is that uh, if uh, 66% of the voters that voted in the previous election, the previous general election, if they sign a petition, uh, then they would be able to recall their MLA. Now, there's a, a few caveats there. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to ensure that uh, the um, people that after, you know, the MLAs that have been elected after a general election, that they, that they have a period of time to introduce themselves to their electorates, to introduce themselves to the, uh, the people in positions of authority, you know, whether at a municipal level or a school board level, that they've had the opportunity to introduce themselves to these people to begin to become a part of the political fabric of their, uh, of their constituency, to be able to show people that they're uh, hard-working MLAs. And so before we would allow for recall, um, we give uh, an 18-month grace period, an 18-month period uh, before anybody would be able to initiate recall. And at the same time, you know, to, to make sure that people are serious about this, that this isn't done for just frivolous reasons, uh, we would also want to see a, a, a monetary uh, uh, amount of money attached to this. We would put a $5,000 mm-hmm. uh, um, amount of money that you would have to put down before you could you could have recall. And then there's um, a time frame after that to get those signatures. What is it, 60 days? Yeah, 60 days, yeah. And, uh, and plus, at the same time, uh, we want to ensure that that this is a, a, the local constituents that are are uh, driving this. And so we won't allow, um, uh, for instance, this has to be a physical petition. It can't be something that's being done online. And so you actually have to have canvassers that are going door-to-door or going to uh, uh, meetings across the constituency. And so those canvassers <coughs> excuse me, cannot be, uh, be paid in any way. They have to be willing to... Uh, to work on this uh, as, you know, just as a, a, a concerned citizen. Mr. Smith, what are you hearing from your constituents uh, about this proposal, uh, about this about this Bill 201? Well, you know, it's pretty new. This is my first bill, and, uh, <laughs> and, and this is pretty new. But, you know, obviously when I campaigned in the last election, um, recall is a part of the Wild Rose platform, and, and it was brought up by my constituents. And, uh, you know, I, in all, every conference, I have yet to have somebody come to me uh, and say they outright really do not want want the issue of recall. And almost universally, the, the, the people in my constituency have supported the call of re- the, the idea of recall. Uh, sure, there, there are times when we've had discussions about, well, what kind of parameters would you put on this? You know, recall shouldn't be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't be easy, but it should be doable. And so I think that the... Uh, 
sort of the, the checks that we've placed into this bill uh, or this, you know, this private member's bill will will speak to, to the legislators and to, the, and to Albertans about making our system of democracy a little more accountable. Have you have you talked at all with members of the Conservative Party, uh, anything like that, about getting uh, their support? What are you hearing from other parties? You know, I, we're in session is just about ready to get started yep. here, and so we actually haven't. As uh, you know, a matter of fact, we'll be in there for the speech for the throne in just a few minutes. But uh, we haven't really had a lot of uh, conversation back and forth across the house. But uh, my belief is that there are times when you're faced with issues where. Uh, all of the parties can realize and have realized that that this really isn't something that is uh, you know left wing right wing or or overly political. That really this is about um, making our democracy a better form of democracy, allowing for our MLAs to be more accountable. And I don't think I think that crosses all party lines. I, on the release and you know reading more about recall legislation, uh, Mark, it said you know BC the only province with recall legislation. Mm-hmm. Does this one is is what you've proposed similar to BC's? Well, actually, I mean the, the concept is the same, but uh, some of the things that we've brought in after having listened to the NDP and and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and some of the other legislators in in, in the house. Uh, you know, our, our thresholds are actually significantly greater. You know, in BC, okay. I believe it's something like 40% of the people that voted in the last election, whereas ours is 66%. And so, okay. uh, you know, we've made it, we've listened, and we've tried to make this bill. And quite honestly, uh, you know, as this bill goes forward into the House and as uh, um, uh, the other political parties, as we begin to debate this bill, I mean, if they came forward with with, uh, reasonable amendments and and, uh, good ideas for how we could make this bill better, uh, they would be, absolutely, we would uh, be open to that. So right now you have, there's a website, it's uh, supportrecall.ca. It was funny, when I first uh, logged on to it this morning, it was sitting at about uh, 2,300 people had had signed up to support this. I I refreshed it about an hour later and it it had jumped by another 200. You're seeing some support through that website, and I'm guessing that's where you're asking people to go right now. Yeah, that's where we're asking people to go. Um, Obviously, one of the things about, uh, um, you know, any kind of piece of legislation is that it has to be able to be reflective of the will of the people. And and sometimes as legislators, we need to be able to see that this is something that the people of Alberta would support. And so this is, you know, this supportrecall.ca is one vehicle that we can use to try to encourage uh, Albertans to to let their legislators know and to let uh, you know all 87 of us understand that this is something that they would support. Okay, uh, so again, that website supportrecall.ca. You're hopeful to get it uh, to introduce it this week as the session begins. The throne speech taking place this afternoon, uh, getting underway around three o'clock. What are you hoping? Uh, what are you hoping to hear in the throne in the throne speech? And what are your hopes for this session? Well, you know, we've uh, had the opportunity to to be in conversation with the government over some of their agenda, and obviously a new budget is going to be coming forward. That's probably not going to come uh, forward probably until April. We know that there's going to be a municipal government review that's going to be coming through. And, uh, you know, as a first-time MLA, mm-hmm. everything here is brand new. Right? <laughs> and, and so I get a chance to look at these at these uh, pieces of legislation, and I believe that right now the NDP have come out and said that there's going to be about 14 or 15 different pieces of legislation over the next three months or so. And uh, so that's going to be a, a big legislative agenda, um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it because 
you know, everything is brand new to me right now. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a, a huge privilege to be able to represent my constituents in the House. And everything is a first. And it's, uh, it's quite, uh, quite exciting. Yeah, it's a steep learning curve for a lot of people right now. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> on both sides of the house. Absolutely. Mark Smith, the Wild Rose MLA for Drayton Valley Devon, joining me on the phone this afternoon. Mr. Smith, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, and, and please say hello to Andrew, even though I've never met him before. <laughs> okay, I will, for sure. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. Take Bye-bye. care. That's uh, Mark Smith again, the uh, Wild Rose MLA for Drayton Valley, Devon. So curious to know what you think about the possibility of recall legislation. As I mentioned off the top of the show, when when the floor crossing crossings happened, when was it, a year ago, year and a half ago, the text line and the phone lines in this studio lit up with people saying that this is something that we should really, really look at, that it would be great to have, that it would be great to be able to hold um, your elected officials accountable in this way. So now that there's the possibility that we're going to see this introduced, or we will see it introduced probably this week or in the coming week, Bill 201, uh, what do you think about it now? Uh, the website's supportrecall.ca. You can go and sign up uh, for your support. But again, uh, just some quick notes about it. So if it were to happen, if it was to be passed as private member's bill, a successful petition would require physical signatures of eligible voters in a riding equaling 66% of ballots cast. A recall petition could not begin until 18 months after an election. It would The uh, signatures would have to be acquired within 60 days. And starting a petition would require... $5,000. Just a few of the uh, quick facts on that one. Let me know what you think. It's 221. We'll take a break here on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. We'll get to your phone calls right after this. We are talking recall legislation this afternoon. Uh, uh, Drayton Valley. Devon MLA, Wild Rose MLA, Mark Smith, hoping to um, get it moving in the ledge this week. It's Bill 201. More details at supportrecall.ca. A number of, uh, of things in place to, you know, rules before uh, recall process could start. Curious to know what you think about that this afternoon at 4960063. Hi, Dwayne. Hey, Jalen. You know, how wonderful would it be to be able to hold politicians accountable <laughs> with the threat of, if you don't do a good job, we can fire you. That, that, that how, and if any politician votes against this, uh, it's uh, like any of them. It's, it's just, uh, you know, are you scared to lose your job? What are you doing that's yeah. questionable? Dwayne, it'll be curious to see what kind of support, if any, it gets. Yeah, yeah, you know, if politics, if I hate to say it like this, but if the NDP want to make uh, friends out of Albertans, they should get this passed, and they should get it passed quick because it would show them that uh, the general population that they're actually trying to do what they think is best mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Alberta. So- I said what they think is best, <laughs> not what's best for Alberta, but you know. Like, they're actually conscientious about what they're trying to do. So you'd be all over this in a second. Oh, you know what? Sign me up. Where do I give my (laughs) $5,000? Start at supportrecall.ca, Dwayne. Check it out there, and we'll keep an eye out on what happens over the coming uh, couple of weeks. There's more more than just, you know, the Americans have this, 
and they fire politicians not too often, but it has happened. There was just two in Colorado in the last uh, 24 months that have gotten turfed from hmm. uh, um, Senate. So well, I know I can. It does happen. I can say without a doubt. I mean, and, and Dwayne, you listen to the show. I, I know fairly regularly that um, it has been on uh, the radar of a lot of people in this province over the past couple of years, especially over yeah. the past couple of years. And you know, fair is fair. You yeah. know, you go to work. If you said something, if you said something, uh, pro, like if you had a profanity-laden. Uh, rant you'd be fired oh yeah and rightfully so yeah and you know and we should we should as all albertans whether you are ndp wild rose pc liberal or alberta party have the right to fire your representative Dwayne, thanks for the phone call we've got a couple more we're going to move along here bruce hey bruce how are you today John? good thank you what do you think i'm from Drayton valley Hey, Mr. Wonderful Guy. Yeah, and we really, really need to um, to get this implemented. The actual um, push here over the last three months was there was two petitions that went out. One about the uh, the Bill Six on the farmers, and mm-hmm. then also the carbon tax. Mm-hmm. And now I know the numbers have been flow- flowing around here this morning about 168,000. I talked to a good friend of mine that's out in front of the legislature right now, and they put up barricades. Uh, these people just want to talk. They don't have guns or knives, but uh, they said there's in excess of 2,500 there right now. Uh, but the, the petition that they have signed and whatnot, and then this lady told me that they did the count, and it's being presented to the lieutenant governor today, uh, is in excess of 400,000 signatures. For what? To have her um, situation with this Bill 6, Oh yeah. Okay, it's already passed. Yeah, I'm and talking. Then, I'm talking about the recall legislation, I know, Bruce. Whether I mean, or not you're into, if you're interested yeah, in that I'm, one or not. I, I follow that as well. But yeah. I mean, the whole situation is these people have gone down. There's busloads from all over Alberta. Yeah, you know what? Some of the pictures, I, I wouldn't say that there's thousands. It looks like there's maybe you know, two, five hundred. Twenty-four, twenty-five hundred. Well, I guess the, the media. Maybe maybe there are going to be some. The members from from the, the media that are going to come down and take pictures. They seem to go to all these rallies when when they. Oh go yeah, Bruce. I'll tell you right now. I can you go on the website right now. Global Television's down there. CTV's down there. There'll be full coverage of it tonight. Well, I hopefully that it yeah. gets some some idea out to people that there is a bunch of maybe a half a million people that are pretty disgruntled with Mrs. Notley. Uh, thank you very much, Bruce. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, Bernard, hold the line here. It's two twenty nine. I need to break for the two thirty news. On 6.30 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It is uh, 2.34. We just want to continue the conversation a little bit about recall legislation. Some of the uh, texts coming in this afternoon uh, on it say, My fear with recall legislation is that it leads to appeasement politics where hard decisions are made for short-term popularity and approval. Uh, Jalen Chuck here, recall legislation I don't think will pass. Organized citizen revolt is hard to prevent with Bill 201 to amend the bill to include a hearing process that would ensure rights are not being infringed. P.S. Yes, I signed the petition. And then this one from Brian. So everyone wants a government to listen to them. Name me any government in the world that listen completely to the people. I can't think of any. All governments are elected in the hopes they will do better than the last. Conservatives? 
Business Party had it good for decades, and the people said they wanted change. And for good or bad, the NDP... Workers' Party, according to Brian, got in. Now conservatives have been complaining since day two, saying it was the downfall of Alberta. Well, it's not. They kept the election promises by raising minimum wage royalty review by making labor standards equal for all. Everyone knew what the NDP was all about, but, but conservatives' petty bickering means... Uh, between them uh, has allowed uh, people to listen and the conservatives, conservatives needed to listen to people in the first place. P.S. The sky falling idea behind the review did not happen. They were told don't change anything because we aren't getting enough. Lots of comments. 630-630 is the text line. Bernard has been waiting patiently. Bernard, what's your thought? Well, my, my thought is it's a matter that I know that it's popularity government, but the trouble is, is we get to choose a government every four years. If we start looking at it saying, no, we want to choose again after 18 months, then the trouble is, is we have individuals and we have parties. We have to vote for both at the same time. There's no, there's no difference between the two of you. If you're only voting for the person, I'm not sure what you're voting for because one voice in an 80-some seat government doesn't you know what I would be I think about it Bernard when I start to think about um, uh, crossing parties right you know let's take a look at what happened what with the wild rose and 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 the Tories what a year year and a half ago now I think if my MLA um, who I voted for as a you know a party crossed and joined the B party I think I might be a little peed off about that and I'd want to do something about that. So I can see where it gains some attention in situations like that. Well, then, then change that rule that if you want to cross, you have to have a by-election. That would do that. Yeah. I just look at it and say, how many people would have been kicked out for the GSD? Yeah. Right? Yeah. For those of us old enough to remember the terrible revolt about it that Kim Campbell did. Yeah. So it cost the government on, on unpopularity. That's what an election's for. If you're unpopular, you don't get elected again. Interesting. Bernard, thank you so much for weighing in on this this afternoon. Have a good one. And take it easy. It's 2.37. Uh, this text from George, excellent topic you're addressing today, Jay Lynn, with this recall issue. The concept is great, but I think these thresholds are too high. It takes time to gather those signatures. It should be at least 90 or 20 calendar days. It takes a huge number of unpaid volunteers to garner that number of signatures. Uh, the $5,000 fee is way too high. I can understand that this is to prevent uh, frivolous uh, frivolous applications, but that is cost prohibitive to be practically to be practical, especially during this economic downturn. Authenticate signatures to be gleaned from the electorate. I'm okay with that to mitigate fraud. Lots of comments coming in. Keep them coming at 6:30, 6:30. You can do that anytime, and of course, the phone line here. You know uh, what it is as well. But right now, just quickly, want to shift gears a little bit because. He's been holding patiently as we wrapped up a bit of that conversation. If you've been reading in the newspaper today, if you've seen it on television over the last little while, construction construction has started on a project to connect Edmonton's downtown to the River Valley near the low-level bridge. The mechanized River Valley Access Project, better known as the funicular, will connect 100th Avenue to the River Valley. And joining us on the phone this afternoon is Rob Marchuk, the city's director of strategic projects. Hi, Rob. 
Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Just switching gears, and thank you for holding. I appreciate that. Not a problem. The ground was broken yesterday on this project. Uh, give us some of the details of this for those who don't know what it is. I mean, I think some people are like, what's a funicular? I'm kind of like, it's an <laughs> elevator in a way. Well, actually, it's part of a series of projects about increasing con uh, connectivity and accessibility to the River Valley. We've actually partnered with uh, the River Valley Alliance, mm -hmm. who is actually partnered with the federal government, and, and we're all partnered with the province to actually raise funds to, to improve the ability of people to get down into the River Valley. Those really steep banks can be really tough for people to, mm -hmm. to access. And so what we're really doing here is about improving people's ability to get down there and to be able to come down to enjoy the River Valley, the trail system, and everything that it has to offer. So we've actually, uh, you know, in this partnership, uh, accessed uh, the, the money for the project, uh, along with a series of other ones. Um, and the, this particular project is about uh, really giving people options. Uh, up until now, it's been really restricted. If, if you didn't have a car or you were not quite able-bodied, it was hard to get down into the River Valley. Mm. Uh, this uh, system, actually, and it, it really is about a system about both the mechanized component as well as alternative ways, uh, uh, this urban staircase and some bridges, will take you right from the top of the bank, right from the very top of the bank all the way down across uh, below the McDonald Hotel, across the, the road system down there, and bring you right down onto the Trans-Canada Trail System, which is, is really exciting. It'll be the first time that we'll have this ability to go down there uh, if you're in uh, either a scooter or a wheelchair, or even if you're a, a mum or dad with a, a bicycle and, and a kid in a trailer behind you, you'll be able to navigate through all of this system of, of the steep banks uh, mm -hmm. to get down to the, to the River Valley. So we're quite excited about that opportunity. I love the idea of making the River Valley uh, more accessible to everyone because, yeah, I mean, I've lived here for 16 years. The amount of time I spend in the River Valley is, you know, not a whole lot. Given those exact reasons, it can be difficult to get down in there. And I'm not a, a cyclist. And, I mean, running stairs or walking up and down some of those stairs, I mean, that would just put me on my butt. <laughs> faster than, than nobody can even imagine. Right. But can, give us an idea of how these funiculars are being used and received in other cities, because I think a lot of people, uh, well, maybe not a lot, some people see this project as another pet project by the city of Edmonton and thinking that the money could be better used elsewhere. Right. So, you know, we certainly have heard that comment, but this project was actually approved back in 2011, and that's when the funding was made available. So in the partnership, it's actually very heavily leveraged. The City of Edmonton, of the 24 million construction costs, the City of Edmonton taxpayer is directly putting in only about $550,000. So if the, this project wasn't built, these monies would be reallocated and would not necessarily come back to the city. Mm. So it, it is a really good opportunity. You don't often get these kinds of chances to build these kinds of projects um, with that kind of, of heavily leveraged dollars. So what it really is, though, is it's about, about making sure that people can get into and out of the River Valley, just as you know, you've indicated. To be able to run those stairs is, is, a, is a tough feat, actually, <laughs> even for the most able-bodied people. Um, so this will actually really help with those kinds of things. And given that right at the top there, there is also a nearby LRT station, it will make the River Valley, you know, uh, completely accessible. Uh, just can't over-express uh, how much the difference that's going to make. Council's been trying for a very long time to find a way to actually bridge that. I mean, these are these are 45 meters uh, of height difference between mm -hmm. the top of the bank and and the River Valley Trail system itself, and that's that's really is very significant in terms of a challenge.
The timeline on this, I mean, it was it was now or never, right? As you mentioned, there was the money was there. There was a lot of rules around it, but this pretty much has to be done by the fall, right? Well, the fall of 2017. 2017. So there you go. Yeah, we're working on about a two-year schedule, and, and we've known that as we've been working through the design. So we've been very careful about making sure that, that all of the designs and the construction can fit within that timeline. And, and we're quite confident that, that our goal can be met at this point to, to do all of that. The River Valley Alliance has a, has a number of ideas and different projects really to make the River Valley more accessible. This is really, I think, you know, part one, part two, whatever number you want to label on it, but down the road. What's next, Rob? Well, actually, we've got a whole series of projects. The River Valley Alliance is actually made up of the seven municipalities all the way from Devon to Fort Saskatchewan. And so actually all of us uh, back in 2011 have um, kind of stood up and said, yes, we would like to do some of these projects. So they have actually $90 million worth of capital construction that they were able to put or help put the money together for. Um, and so those projects make up the, the, the whole program, which was about about co- uh, connectivity and accessibility. Um, so we've got, as the city of Edmonton, 72.9 million of that 90 million. So we are improving access in a number of areas. Um, we've also are doing the pedestrian bridge from Terwilliger Park mm-hmm. to the Olescu Park, which extends the, the whole trail system as a, uh, as a whole unit. And we're actually, in addition to that, adding another 25 kilometers of trail in the River Valley. So. You know, just as we've done from the very beginning of Capital City Recreation Park back in the 70s, we're building components of the system and adding to it as we can partner and, and, and find the funding for this. So not only are we adding the trail systems, we're also adding some docks and launches, uh, which actually increases accessibility to the river itself. So we really will have quite a, an exciting system building as part of all of this project. Um, and, and, you know, in addition to that, we're also doing the, the Touch the Water program down at the Rossdale Generating mm-hmm. Station. And so that's going to be like a, a waterfront promenade. We're just actually working out the details on that, and we'll be coming back out to the public within the next couple of months with some ideas on that. Very nice. Can't wait to see what it uh, looks like. Rob Marchuk, the City of Edmonton, Director of Strategic Projects. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. No problem. My pleasure. Take it easy now. Thanks. Two fifty on this, the Tuesday edition of the six thirty Chet Afternoon News. My name is Jalen Nye. Andrew is away today, as you've heard. The Alberta Legislature officially begins a new session today with a speech from the throne. Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell will deliver the address, which will outline the intentions and goals of Premier Notley's government in the coming session. Uh, outside on the steps over the last couple of hours, there have has been a demonstration going on. Uh, the crowd is has been calling for Premier Notley's resignation, calling and chanting, uh, Rachel Notley has to go. There was uh, busloads of protesters. Uh, there's, you know, you're lo- looking at some of the pictures and it's, you know, a few hundred, maybe into a uh, the thousand uh, mark. It's it's hard to tell just from the pictures, but we'll, we'll find out more exactly how many. But this group specifically opposing Bill 6 and the carbon tax that is being put into place by the government, that Bill 6, you'll remember, is that farm safety legislation passed last year that 
made it mandatory for farms with paid employees to carry workers' uh, compensation coverage. Legislation won't apply to family members and neighbors helping out. Uh, Stand Up Albertans is the group. They're just saying, we're just here to please listen to us, that sort of thing. Uh, petitions, and we had one of the callers call, call in and saying that there was petitions going around uh, for several months. Um, one fellow claiming that uh, there was 400,000 signatures on that. Well, even the organizer of the of the uh, demonstration today saying it's just over 100,000, between 100 and 160,000, uh, about, well, 120 20,000 signatures in the group uh, claim, claiming it's, you know, wanting to, of course, uh, collect a lot more. So uh, Bill 6 has already passed. The government is looking for people to develop recommendations on how employment standards, occupational health and safety and labor relations requirements would would uh, revolve around this as well. So there'll be full coverage coming up through our through our newscasts and of course on the uh, on the television stations and in the newspaper tonight. Uh, reading the Alberta Ledge feed on Twitter about this um, protest uh, has a lot of people shaking their heads saying that it turned into be uh, being quite racist that there was a lot of uh, racism uh, bigotry there were swastikas on some of the uh, placards in this crowd that there were um, comments being made about uh, the LG uh, the gay and lesbian uh, groups and about uh, Bill 10. So yeah, lots of things to follow up on this today and throughout the day. Uh, again, the speech from the throne is about to start in about eight minutes. We will take you to that live when it does happen. Now, the government house leader, Brian Mason, saying the province planning to introduce a bill spelling out the rules and regulations that uh, will underpin the climate change strategy that was unveiled by Notley last fall. So we'll find out more about that. And that includes details on who pays what under the new $3 billion a year carbon tax. How is it going to affect you? How much will you be paying? We'll find that out. Um, that tax will affect everything from gas at the pumps to home heating and your electricity bills. Again, the projected size of the provincial budget deficit is sitting at 10.4. The budget supposed to be introduced by March 31st, the end of the fiscal year, but likely won't be introduced now to the first couple of weeks of April. There is a by-election in Calgary, I think it's on March 22nd, and there's a lot of talk that that budget doesn't want to be introduced before that to um, and to cause any grief for the the NDP candidates there. So uh, we will take a break here. We'll set up the three o'clock hour when we come back. Want to touch on that, of course, the speech from the throne. We'll get to more of your comments as well about what has happened at the legislature today. Plus, if we get a chance, want to talk on uh, the fact that the first degree murder case against Travis Vader got underway today in court. Our reporter was there for opening statements, want to pick his brains about what he saw and what he heard. Okay, Eileen Bell will have the very latest news headlines coming up here in just a couple of minutes. On the other side, we'll gear up for that throne speech as well. Don't forget a short show today. Uh, City Ford Faceoff show gets underway at 530 as the Oilers take on the San Jose Sharks.